Well, I am happy to report that maybe for the first time in a long time, first time in just about as far back as I can remember, uh, I'm not sick. I don't sound sick. I sound... you got a short memory. <laughs> I sound, <laughs> Well, it's been... It was three times... Three times in uh, in like two months. So that uh, I think COVID maybe euchred my immune system a little bit. So now I'm like yeah. extra. I got to live in a bubble. But but uh, yeah, you're not I'm, sick. Uh, but are your are your wings tired? My wings? No, they didn't. It was uh, it was a more advanced package. We didn't have to. It wasn't. No, it wasn't like to fly to your vacation. Nobody asked us to row on our. Yeah. On our, no, yeah. Although I did, um, so for the listener, I just got back from a tropical vacation. And um, take me. there was a guy who was, <laughs> had this like hand crank, uh, like it was like, it was like a press. So it was like a hand crank thing that he had like built himself. And basically you could like put something through it and it would just flatten it, right? Like it was like too steel wheels or two steel like cylinders that were very close together and so if you cranked it real hard and put something through you'd you know crush it um and he was running and then and then at the bottom of that like below the crushing section there was a little trough that led down to a a hook that you could hang a little bucket on and he was running um sticks of sugarcane through it and much to our surprise, there's a lot of juice that comes out of a stick of sugarcane. Like it was, it was, you know, just the normal sugarcane sticks that you'll see every so often in the grocery store. will have like a, a bucket in the corner with like the candy this. sticks. No, like sugarcane. Like it kind of looks like bamboo. Like oh, actual, you mean like the naturally sourced? Yeah, like actual plant. cane sugar. Yeah. And so, so he's running these sticks through, and there's so, like, each stick that he runs through, which is, you know, I don't know, maybe like three and a half, four feet long, um, he's probably getting like four or five cups of liquid out of them. And he's just, he, he'll run it through, and then he kind of folds it back on itself and runs it through again, and so on and so forth. And then you just stroll up, and he's got these little cups, and he'll pour sugarcane juice into a cup for you, and you just basically sit and suck straight sugar. Um but at one point, he he, he kind of gestured that he wanted me to try it. He wanted me to turn the crank and, and, you know, and I've worked lots of physical jobs in the past. Like, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm adequately capable of doing things. But it was, it was a combination of, like, a handle that had no grip on it. It was just this, like, really greasy, slick handle on the crank. And the fact that by the time he had given it to me, to to try he had like double backed the stick of sugarcane on itself like three times so it was like quite a bit thicker and i'm like i you know i'm i'm doing it i'm not struggling i'm capable of doing it but i only did it for about 30 seconds or so and afterwards i'm walking away and i've got like shoulder pain and like you know and this guy this this local in the country we were in he was just like yeah life's hard <laughs> like I was Go like, home, okay, softy. <laughs> I was like, okay, pal. Here's your here's your tip, and thanks for the juice, and yeah. But uh, hello and welcome to the Movie Men Podcast. Movie Men Podcast, the B Team, the B Team. That's Carl. This is Brady, 
And uh, it's been a hot second since we've done the news. I've been away, and then I was sick, and then, you know, there was the the apocalypse that happened there, you know, but uh, not many people know about that, so maybe I'm, I might have, like, the, the government after me after disclosing I'll that. I'll be honest, but, I slept through it. Yeah, well, it was, it was, it was, yeah, it was kind of like a blink and you miss it kind of thing, but we're all back, and uh, everything seems fine. So, listen, we're going to do some movie news. Um, I've only got, we've only got three topics today, um, but two out of the three, I think are going to be potentially more lengthy conversations. Um, so three seemed kind of like a, 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 you know, sort of like the way to go. Um, so we'll start by getting the one out of the way that isn't going to take up as much time, I think. Um, we're only like... Less than a month away from Avatar 2. I thought you were going to say Christmas. Well, that as well. <laughs> and my birthday. Um, but we're, we're only, we're, we're not far away after this, after this big, long, crazy wait. Whether you're excited for the movie or not, Avatar 2 has been one of those, like, things of urban legend for the longest time. Is it happening? Is it not happening? Um, the original release date for it was in 2017. Um, and then COVID messed some things up more recently for it and kind of bumped it again. The The reason it was bumped originally is because they decided, um, like the pre-production for this film was quite lengthy because they decided, you know, th these are films that are very, not only technology-based, but like technology advancement based right so like part of what james cameron wants to do he's not going to make an avatar 2 if he's just using the same gear that he used last time right he's more interested in you know look at the things that we've pioneered in order to make this film um so avatar 1 which is currently a, once again the world's world holds the record for the highest worldwide grossing film of all time biggest box office of all time i think it's like 2.9 billion uh which is astronomical almost disgusting how much money that that movie a lot has of made. money um but it's opening weekend the opening weekend for the highest grossing film of all time 77 million which is uh, it's a big number um there's a lot of films out there that would kill to to have an opening weekend of 77 million um but there's a lot of films out there a lot of films out there that have had much bigger opening weekends um and so 77 million was was the box office opening weekend for avatar now in hollywood we have box office predictions um, leading up to the opening of a film. And I don't fully understand how it is they do it, what all they're taking into consideration. Um, but typically, these box office opening weekend projections, if they're wrong, are wrong by less than 10 million. Like it, it, it's it's incredible, and and ten million being on the wide end. Usually, it's maybe two or three million that it's off by. Yeah. Wildly accurate. And as of right now, this is a slightly bigger window, and this window 
this range will kind of narrow and hone in as we get closer and closer. Right now, Avatar 2 is projecting an opening box office weekend of somewhere between 150 to $175 million. More than double the and first I'm one. I'm not going to see a penny of it. Can you and you're not that? going to see a penny. What the heck? Uh, this is huge. This is huge, but also necessary in a lot of ways because James Cameron has said, so Pete and I have talked in the past about films and how films work and how they make money. And um, it's not just the budget of your film. It's not just what you spent making the film that you need to accumulate back in order to break even because there's also the marketing expenses. And quite often the marketing expenses can be almost the, the budget of the film all over again. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Like, especially for like movies, you've, a lot of bigger movies have the press tours in which you're yeah. paying the actor flights to and go around and talk and to press. And actors aren't cheap no, these days. No, no. I've, uh, I don't valuable. have any because of it. I'm like, you know, I would have some, but I'm like, who can, who can afford that? Um, James Cameron's gone on record recently saying that in order to break even, Avatar 2 will need to make $2 billion. Man, what <laughs> bank loaded him that money? <laughs> uh, I, I believe it's loan? I believe it's called the Bank of Avatar One, <laughs> and the Bank of Titanic. Listen, when you're here's the thing: when you are the the creative force behind the number two and number three highest grossing films of all time, Avatar 1 and Titanic. There's not a lot of people who are going to look at you and say, we don't believe in your project. We're not giving you money. We're not going to give you money. We're make it back. Yeah, we don't, we're, <laughs> we're not interested in getting a return from you. Yeah. Yeah. So, listen, $2 billion is an astronomical amount. I don't think there's anybody who thinks that it won't hit that mark. Um, but the big question is going to be how much past that mark, if it does reach that mark, how much past that mark is it going to get? Will it top Avatar 2? Or the uh, Avatar 2? Will it top the first Avatar? Does it have a chance of touching Endgame? I don't think so. I think it might pass the first Avatar. I don't think it has a chance of touching Endgame. Um, but what are your thoughts on this? You hear these numbers, um, you've seen the trailer for it. It's a, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of people going opening weekend. And this is the type of film, if it's anything like the first Avatar, like that's not just, oh, everyone went to go see it. No, everyone went to go see it a couple of times or, or those that did go see it and really enjoyed it. A lot of people went multiple times yeah. so what are your thoughts they, Does went, it have... they dragged their mom and their second cousin yeah and... oh you gotta see this this is crazy this technical marvel um so what are your thoughts does it have a chance of of a breaking even hitting the two billion dollar mark and if it does will it reach the 2.9 and top the first one yeah i don't <clears throat> I'm, I'm not uh i'm not an accountant mathematician or economist Mm -hmm. So sitting in the room projecting those numbers. So I have no idea. Like, but 
I feel like the first one was overhyped. It wasn't as good as it was hyped up to be. It was more about the technology than it was it the was, movie it itself. It was beautiful, but like script and story, and it's like, okay, nah, whatever, no. Right. Um, and then sequels, tradition, not always, but traditionally don't usually fare as well as the originals, so. No, y- yeah. yeah, I mean, well, well. T- Terminator 2. I, I didn't. Yeah, that's another I, James I, I prefaced that. Yeah, yeah it's not, not usually. It's not set in stone. Yeah, but traditionally, yeah. a sequel doesn't do as well. Yeah, as the original. Yeah. Are you Are you looking forward to the film? Like, if yeah, when, I'm really. only going to see it once. I'm. I yeah. I I don't even know if I'll see it. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know. I'm not. It's not even on my radar, really. Right. Right, like, like, I don't know. Yeah, am right. I, am just, I obligated to see it for the podcast? Make a note <laughs> here, then, Carl. Then, yeah, sure, I'll see it. But under is, my own volition, I'm I'm not really interested. Yeah, I listen. I don't know. I'm intrigued. I'm curious. Um, I I'll don't see it when know. it hits a streaming platform. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if not for the podcast. I don't know if I would be rushing out to see it. But then it's also the type of film, like, and this is something that I have access to far easier than you do, but it's the type of film where if it's available to you, if you're going to go see this, you see it in IMAX. Like, you, you give it the 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 biggest, loudest, most, you, you give it the chance that, that yeah. it deserves. Yeah, but, I, I would agree with that. Like, seeing it in a higher quality theater. Yeah, uh, or setting. Is, hey, don't knock. Don't knock the. Don't knock the guy with the sock puppets that you go that you go to. He he built that stage out of a cardboard hey, box. Man. He's repainted it. You, sh- you should see him recreate Pacific Rim. It's something else. That's yeah, yeah. Or or Boogie Nights. That's a that's, <laughs> Boogie Nights. That's not yeah, those, a, those marionettes. He can really make a move. <laughs> yeah, he's got to wash, wash, put those socks through the wash after. Uh, okay, so um, topic number two. Listen, I don't know if you heard, but there's been a little bit of a shakeup over at Disney. Ooh. Did you hear about this? I, I hope you haven't. You haven't said like anything to, yet. Okay, so well, <laughs> if you knew, if it's one of those things, if you knew, you would know. So, CEO of Disney, Bob Chapek. Yeah. Um, a fairly, I'm not even going to say divisive man among the fans. He's pretty people. People really don't like Bob Chapek. Um, Bob Chapek, of course, being the successor for the granddaddy of Disney, Bob Iger. Bob Iger was CEO of Disney for eight years, nine years. He was with the company for like 15, 20 years. Um, but Bob Bob Iger was basically the man, it must have been 15 years he was he was CEO. He he was responsible. I when you talk about the successes of Bob Iger, so Bob Iger launched Disney Plus. Bob Iger purchased Fox. Under Bob Iger, Disney purchased Star Wars. Under Bob Iger, Disney purchased Marvel. 
Under Bob Iger, yeah, so it's got to be 15 years because under Bob Iger, Disney purchased Pixar. Bob Iger was not only the CEO of the company, but he was the only person who was simultaneously the CEO of the company and president of the board because it's a publicly traded company, right? So the, the CEO is kind of like, he makes a lot of decisions and he's kind of the, the, the face of the company. Um, but he also answers to a board, right? Like there's only so much that he's even able to do. Um, yeah. So at the time, Bob Iger's power was, was, was it, like, yeah, to, to be the CEO and the president of the board, like, you know, yeah, there was nothing that Bob Iger couldn't do. Um, and it was sad. It was sad when he left um, because he was not only a fantastic CEO, but gave rise to Disney's huge resurgence in success over the last 20 years. Um, and and was a fantastic PR person. Like just the, the the appearances that he would do and, you know, he'd show up at D23. Like people lost their minds. Everyone just loved Bob Iger. Well, but Bob was getting on in years. Um and not so old that he couldn't run the company, but old enough that it was like, look, Bob, you've got more money than God uh, and a family, and you've earned this. Like, Go go enjoy the, the fruit of your labors. And um, so Bob appointed his successor, which was Bob Chapek. Now, Bob Chapek had been with the company for many years, um, and up until that point was sort of the president of uh, Disney Parks. So any of the decisions made as far as Disney World, Disneyland, so on and so forth, that yeah. was Bob Chapek. Well, as I understand it, he's he's the one that made the parks profitable. Yes, yeah, in many ways, and so um, so it seemed on paper it seemed like a great thing. Well, then there was a just a huge mess after Bob Chapek took over. So things like. Um, it, 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 things like sticking middlemen, buddies of his, work buddies of his, that he hired and would place in a position between him and, say, Kevin Feige, right? So now that he was, like, inserting buddies of his into the chain of command, so Kevin Feige was no longer right under the CEO and had some other moron giving him, you know, Kevin Feige wasn't even in charge anymore of where his properties got distributed. So he could say, oh, we're going to make a, a group movie. But he wasn't, he was no longer in charge of whether or not that got a theatrical release, if that went straight to streaming. Um, so it, it, it was a mess. Things like that, things like when the uh, Black Widow movie went straight to streaming and that screwed over Scarlett Johansson because her con, she took the salary she took because her contract included part of the box office. Yeah. And instead of a public apology, um, Bob Chapek basically called Scarlett Johansson whiny and unstable. Yeah. And it's well, just, I mean, just the, the whole Black Widow movie should have been in theaters 
five, six years ago. Well, yeah, but, but that's that's <laughs> neither here nor there. But so anyways, this big laundry list of things, it went so far to the point that that the CEO of the company typically is is there the opening ceremony of D23. Mm-hmm. But not, not Bob Chapek. Bob Chapek couldn't go as head of the company. He couldn't go to these events because Bob Chapek was aware that the fans would boo him off the stage. <laughs> so it was it was bad, right? It's bad. That's funny. so. Anyways, um, about a month and a half, two months ago, uh, his contract was renewed for another three years. Now, at this point, the fans all hate Bob Chapek. Most of the creatives within Disney all hate Bob Chapek. Um, Bob's gone in. He's fired a bunch of people. He's done, like he's just made a mess. The man's the man's. I I supposedly he's a nice guy. Like personality wise, he's a fantastic person. And you know what? He it 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 can't be overlooked that Bob Chapek took over Disney at possibly the worst time that any, anyone can take over a company. Right in the middle of COVID. None of the theaters were open. Yeah. None of the parks were open. None of the productions were running. Like you couldn't, you couldn't have productions running. So uh, he came into a house fire um, that was not Bob Iger's fault, but also not Bob Chapek's fault. And and he was just kind of, you know, so all the decisions he's made basically have been the wrong ones. Well, uh, his contract was renewed, not because people like him not because people think he's doing a good job. And many out there predicted that he would not make it to the end of his his three-year renewal, that that the company would end up, you know, canning him, because that's something that the board can do. But the reason you renew is because it's for a publicly traded company not renewing your CEO's contract after only one term is never a positive thing for stock. Never. So so you renew, and you kind of trek on, and you do what needs to be done. Neither is having a bad CEO, but okay. <laughs> well, yeah. So about a week ago, something happened. And we don't know what it is. We have no idea what it is. It hasn't come out yet. It may not come out. We may have to do digging as an industry to try to figure out what exactly tipped the scales. But... There was an emergency board meeting, and it would appear that the topic of the emergency board meeting was, we can't do this anymore. And so, effectively, what was decided during that board meeting was that we are firing Bob Chapek immediately. And they were able to secure a two-year deal for Bob Iger to return and run Disney. <laughs> nice. Now, what's Clean even what's yeah. even crazier about this? So I, this is crazy for a couple of reasons. One, I mean, this is exciting. Like, there's this is I've I've heard I've heard the analogy. This is essentially the end of Return of the Jedi, where there's fireworks going off everywhere and people are dancing and and celebrating because it's a new era. Like it, it, it it's yeah. People are are toasting champagne because Bob Chapek is gone. Now Bob Chapek was done a little dirty because 
Bob Chapek found out a couple of days later, the same day that it went public. While he yeah. was backstage at an Elton John concert, the big Elton, because Disney has a deal with Elton John right now. They've got his a concert of his coming out on Disney+. Plus. Um, he was backstage at an Elton John concert, su- supposed to go out and introduce Elton John. And I guess a text message came in or, or whatever happened. Uh, and so then he left the venue and now listen, it, it, that sucks. It sucks for Bob Chapek, but also shed no tears for Bob Chapek. Not because he's a bad CEO, (laughs) not because he was a bad CEO, man, he can take care of himself. Well, but here's the thing. He's going to get a really nice severance package. That's the thing. They just renewed a three-year contract with him a month and a half ago, a contract that they have to buy out. So Bob's going home with hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah. He's, he's going to be going home very comfortably. I'm not, he slept, he's been sleeping. Okay. Ever since. Um, but so we don't know, we don't know, but I, I, my mind, this feels like deja vu to me because I feel like in the last couple of years, another CEO or somebody was let go from a company and it was kind of similar situation where they found out through media rather than from the company. I can't remember who it was. Yeah, there's something, but I don't know if it was a CEO or- I don't think that's, that's not like the companies of no real- I don't think there's a a standard there where they are a, a rule in place where companies have to let them know no before the public knows no and but I think I think honor. in terms yeah but I think in terms of business sense you want you want to you want you want to be the one controlling the narrative not the person you're letting go right. And if I yeah. tell, if I'm, if I'm the head of a comp or the, on the board of a company and we've decided to let you, our CEO go and we we tell you a week in advance, well, you can sow dissent within the ranks. You can create a narrative that makes the company look bad, even though you're the one that's in the wrong, even though we have all kinds of good reasons to let you go. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yep. How often in, and on a smaller scale, in a smaller business, if you're fired, you find out the same time everyone else does because nine times out of ten, you're walking out, you're you're packing up your your desk into a box and you're walking out the front door. Yeah, everybody knows when you got let go when you when you found out. Yeah, Be- and they're not they could keep you on for a couple of weeks while they find a replacement, but what company wants to keep on an employee that for whatever reason they're firing? If they're firing you. They oh, have yeah, good no, reason sure. to either you're incompetent, in which case, why do they want to keep you around or, yeah. you know what I mean? So yeah, the, the, I'm not shedding tears because he's got that nice severance package and also that's business, baby. <laughs> like, yeah. Welcome it's, to the real world. <laughs> it sound, it, it, my biggest question coming out of this though is what happened? Something must have happened. 
because so it's I, been I, a bit I of a shit show. I wonder if that new Pixar movie had something to do with it. I, oh, it's not even, I don't think it was Pixar. It's, the, um, it's not making any money, apparently. What's it called? Strange World or something? But, yeah, Strange World. It's getting tanked in that, like, apparently it's getting pretty hard in terms of bombing the reviews. Yeah. So it's my not wife a Pixar and my film. daughter saw it last night. They enjoyed it. But, I mean, they're they're just looking for a good time, and I'm, I guess it provided yeah. that. It, they're not looking at so- it super critically. But, but. I heard I was reading something today that said they didn't release that movie in several major overseas markets. Well, for not whatever only reason, not only that, but they also essentially like in the months leading up to it. How many trailers did you see for this movie? I've only seen a couple while watching oh, I, like I YouTube videos. But yeah, I hadn't seen yeah, it. It's like, mar- it was marketed poorly. Disney major overseas, and this is we're getting a little. We can get into a little bit of political talk, which I don't think we need to about this, but places like China, I guess it didn't get a release in and China is a huge demographic. It's a huge market financially, but they didn't release it there. And there's, but, but but it can be, it can be like, that's, that's, that can be tough though. Like again, without getting into the political stuff, it's not always easy to get a release in China. And, and well, yeah, that's like one Star of the big- Wars got a release in China one because it's Star Wars. But the, if you look at some of the marketing that they did, they completely downplayed Finn's role in the Chinese marketing to get it into China because he's a black actor. Uh, take from that what you will, but that's that's the Chinese marketing compared to what you look at it with the with the Amer- North American marketing. The Finn is the only major change in the marketing. Yeah, for so, sure. Bending the knee to China's weird political ideals, you know, maybe they decided not to do it with this one. I don't know. Like, who knows what's going on? Anyway, Bob Iger's back. Yay. (laughs) Yeah, Bob Iger's back. But I'm, again, I'm so, I'm so, like it had to, it it was, it was, I don't think it was that film that did it. Something bigger happened. No. Because. I, I I would assume it's things. Like one film didn't break the camel's back. No, but it was that things that like what happened with this film are probably oh, for sure. several straws similar. But but in order <laughs> for it camel, to be you know? an emergency meeting and for it to be all happened so quickly, only a month and a half after the renewal, for the for the 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 sheer dollar cost. That it will be to buy and to not only buy out this contract, but then the the we don't know yet what Bob Iger's making off of this new deal. But as a, a publicly traded company, we will know what he's what he's getting paid. Um, but yeah, it's yeah. Well, uh, we won't probably you probably won't ever crazy. find out why Chapek got canned. Um, Disney's a big company with a lot of people. It'll it'll you, pop well, up you'll on get Reddit. Rumors, but the, nothing will be substantiated. No, not yeah. It's unlikely. Um, so, topic number three, which is kind of a little bit of a, 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 a tangent from the last topic, a little bit of a piggy it piggybacks off of it. Um, so, with company changes. There are, I mean, Bob Iger is going to come in and he's going to shake some things up, right? He's he's going to change 
some of the things oh, that there'll be a complete overhaul to the yeah the uh, hierarchy structure and now people will get it'll be like Elon Musk going into Twitter <laughs> yeah now Bob Iger has always been a supporter an ally a friend of Kathleen Kennedy always. Which um, I don't understand. And it, well, uh, yeah. So again, Kathleen Kennedy, not a great studio head, an incredible producer. This is just the wrong role for her. But, um, so one of the assumptions that many people had when it turned out that Bob Iger was back was that this would just kind of cement or reinforce the fact that Kathleen Kennedy will carry out the rest of her contract, which I think is like another five years or something. Well, this has not been substantiated, but is being reported by some people. The, the, the reports are coming from people who have like a 95% batting accuracy when it comes to scoops like this. Kathleen Kennedy might be gone by like the end of first quarter next year. Ooh. Dave Filoni, head of D D uh, Disney Star Wars. Well, I, 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 like I, I don't know. I don't know. And I don't even know. <laughs> like, here's so. the thing. Here's the thing. We all, we've so. all talked about that. I don't know that Dave Filoni's ever even come out and said, that's a job I want. Right? It, no. It's quite fan, possible that I, he wouldn't even want to do it. People who really enjoy Star Wars, I'm, not, I'm, I'm saying like, enjoy all forms of Star Wars content, not just the films. Really like Dave Filoni more than they like Kathleen Kennedy. And oh, for have, sure. Have been calling, like, wanting him to run it. Because... Yeah. He respects the lore. He knows the lore. He he's, well, he's not, a fan of and it. And he brings in he brings in the creator of the universe, not God, George Lucas, <laughs> to to kind of nod his head or shake his head on ideas. Yep. So, but again, that, I, yeah, I, again, my, that would be my hope. <laughs> again, I don't know that he would want it because here's the thing. Here's the thing to put it into perspective. Let's say you're Dave Filoni, right? In this equation, and we'll we'll make it a we'll make it a ship, okay? And as you, Dave Filoni, on this ship, you are a telegraph operator, and you're the best telegraph operator this thing's ever seen. Right. You're in your little booth and you're ticking away and you're like number one employee on the ship and everyone on the ship, the crew, the passengers, they all think you're fantastic. But right. the ship is sinking and it's on fire. <laughs> and there's been a mutiny and we've thrown the captain overboard. Now, sure. you might be the best telegraph operator there is and you might be everyone's favorite pick for going up and getting behind the wheel and steering us to safety. But do you, do you want to? <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> here's the thing. The ship is on fire and it's sinking. And it's, it's uh, you know, we dodged an iceberg yeah, there, you're, which you're was Andor. Up, yeah. What, what you're saying is 
you, whoever, if if Kathleenity, Kathleen Kennedy goes, he's whoever stepping goes into a in mess. that position is 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 taking something that's yeah, like you're saying, burning and sinking, and trying to make it float and move forward again. Yeah, and if anyone could, I mean, many people could, but one of the people who could for sure, I have con- no doubt, would be Dave Filoni. If not him, John Favreau. But it doesn't mean he would want to. You know, and it, well, and uh, yeah, it, John Favreau could do it. Even, you know, but the, there's just some people who don't like Dave Filoni. I think would make more sense than John Favreau because Dave Filoni does more, like not in terms of capability, but in terms of potentially wanting to do it. Because Dave Filoni does more of that. Um, sort of like executive type, paperwork type, administrative well, stuff. Whereas John Favreau, that and he's in the world more. Like he he's got his teeth and his 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 life's work in Star Wars more. Like oh, John sure. Favreau's dabbled his toes in there a bit with Mandalorian and stuff. But, yeah. but Jan, John John Favreau, or sorry, Dave Filoni, like. Since the Clone Wars animated movie, which wasn't that great, it's came horrible. out, he which oh. he directed, he he's been working pretty much exclusively almost in st- within Star Wars. Yeah, but that's he the loves thing. the universe. He knows John it well. Favreau, it's I don't his, think it's really his passion. I don't think John Favreau would want to do it because John Favreau is is first and foremost a creative type. Yeah, he and likes to. If you take his, his uh, list of creations is kind of all over the place. Yeah, well, so but not even it's not even just tying him down to Star Wars. Like, here's the thing: if you if uh, like, let's say maybe he would be okay just doing Star Wars for the next ten years. But if he becomes the new Kathleen Kennedy, you bet your ass he's not going to be directing anything. He's yeah. not writing scripts. Right. He's not. You know, it, you're basically taking a director. And an actor, and you're saying, okay, now you're, you're now you're doing none of that. You're just the figurehead. Well, you could still like, yeah, I agree with you, but I think there's still some creative opportunities in that role, but not to the same degree. Like who? Like for example, who gave us some of our? Who directed some of the best episodes of Mandalorian that we got? Do you know the answer to this? Uh, oh, what's her name? No, nope, it's then we're already thinking of different people. Okay, who do you say? Some of the best episodes, not necessarily the best, and not the best thing that's happened to Mandalorian, but some of the greatest episodes that we've gotten from Mandalorian were directed by Taika Waititi. But he would never want to. He would never take a role. He would never take a position where he now can't direct, where he can't make his projects and 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 do his stuff, you know? Like, even the, the shift that James Gunn is going to see taking over DC, I, I don't know that he, he would have time to direct. He, like, he can't direct the next Suicide Squad movie. He's not going to have time to do it. That's like, you know, and this is apples and oranges because the MCU is this monstrous machine. But Kevin Feige doesn't have time for lunch. (laughs) 
right? Like he literally, you'll see him showing up at the the red carpet premiere of something and he's literally sweating and just got changed in the car because he just came from set putting out a fire and now he's, as soon as this premiere is over, he's headed over to, you know, he's got to leave the party early because he's headed over to begin production on like, you know. So I don't know. It's hard to say. It's hard to say, but as as much respect as I have for Kathleen Kennedy, and I do, not necessarily as the figurehead of Star Wars, but as a producer. If you look at Kathleen's Kathleen Kennedy's resume, she very much like J- Bob Chapek. On paper, it was an excellent decision. And George Lucas believed. I mean, George Lucas was the one essentially that appointed Kathleen Kennedy. Right as as sort of the new him, and and on paper, it made perfect sense. On paper, it was it was a fantastic idea, and yeah, and see, and that's the thing, and you don't know until people get in the chair and start calling the shots and doing the things and and no, but like what I'm saying is like you compare like pre if if you lined up right now, Kathleen Kennedy, John Favreau, Dave Filoni. And Kathleen Kennedy had never been in this position, but you knew, oh, yeah, she did some work with George Lucas and um, Steven Spielberg. And even even on paper, pre any uh, pre her doing that work, but like a current right now, like just current day, but 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 the only exception being kind of change being she's she's never been in charge of Star Wars. On paper, she she's not good for the job. <laughs> In my mind. I mean, yeah, I don't, it's hard to say, right? Like she had more, she had more, she had a longer history with the company with Lucasfilm than, than Dave Filoni did. Yeah. But this is, yeah, this is, this is, it's kind of similar. Like she got the job because she was a friend of. Yeah. We just like. That's the whole reason Bob Chapek's getting – one of the reasons Bob Chapek's getting the boot because he's hiring friends. That doesn't make – because you're a friend doesn't make you good for the job. Yeah, I don't know, man. If you – so I've got her I've got her resume pulled up here, right? And if you're looking at someone who you're like, okay, we're not necessarily just looking for someone who can write things because uh, Dave Filoni can write, but he, he – this position doesn't involve writing. You're not looking for people who can create shows because, well, this position doesn't include necessarily creating shows or or coming up with the ideas for movies, right? It's not a creative position. And Dave Filoni is, is incredibly creative. You look at someone who, from a producer standpoint, from someone who has the ins and outs, the logistics of how films and the film industry work. So if I'm looking at, if if someone puts Kathleen Kennedy's resume in front of me, and starting starting at the bottom and working our way through time towards now, I go Poltergeist, E.T., Temple of Doom, Gremlins, Fandango, The Goonies, Back to the Future, Young Sherlock Holmes, The Money Pit, An American <clears throat> Tale, Empire of the Sun, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, uh, The Land Before Time, Back to the Future Part 2, Back to the Future Part 3, Okay. Uh, arachnophobia like it's she's it's always dr- producer though is her title 
Uh, well, but executive producer. Part. Like, executive in a lot producer. of... She's on set, okay. and she's making Jurassic Park, Schindler's List. Like, how, so, you know... But, but to me, an, uh, an executive producer doesn't fill... Doesn't fit the role of CEO for a massive Well, she's not world. the CEO. She's the president of Lucas. President, Hill. whatever. You know, like, making the decisions about storylines and characters and like that that still takes um massive creative talent in my opinion in which case i would rather have a writer or a director in that position because they underland understand storyline and history of the of of that universe and all that stuff far better than a producer will so okay so then so here's the question then here's a question for you how do you explain, because let's pull up here, um, and I'm not saying, again, like, we've we've determined that it's a, you got to be sitting in the chair before we really know whether or not you're good for the role or not, right? Like, it's not, um, hang on, it's not, it, it, uh, the on paper thing doesn't work. But again, if 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 we're going to compare apples to apples here, right? Um, directing credits for Kevin Feige, zero. Writing credits for Kevin Feige, zero. So if you look at though what was on paper as a producer before he before Iron Man came along. And you have X-Men, Spider-Man, Daredevil, X-Men 2, Hulk, The Punisher, Spider-Man 2, Blade Trinity, Elektra, Fantastic Four. Now, these things proved that he knew Marvel. But anyone can pick up the comics or watch the movies or watch the TV shows and, and know Marvel, right? So, Kathleen Kennedy not necessarily being completely fluent in Star Wars and we don't know that she wasn't. I don't I don't know the extent of Kathleen Kennedy's Star Wars knowledge before she took over Lucasfilm. I don't. I would have to assume being good friends with George Lucas and being appointed by George Lucas that there was certainly some understanding and fandom there. Um but literally all Kevin Feige has is producing credits prior to prior to um taking over the MCU and far fewer impressive like you know we were I was listing off things like Jurassic Park and Sixth Sense for Kathleen Kennedy here we've got like the Daredevil movie and we've got the Eric Bana Hulk film and we've got Fantastic Four and and Rise of the Silver Surfer and Spider-Man 3 and like there's some real stinkers in there um so again, on paper, it's hard to say, but but you are typically when they're looking for someone to fill these roles, they are looking for someone with producer credits because it is the most similar. It is the closest from like a getting the whole thing to come together and understanding the ins and outs and orchestrating a successful you know, orchestrating a successful movie, translating that into orchestrating a company of successful movies, 
um, it is it is the closest to apples to apples that we have. You know, like it, you could bring in. I mean, this is a bad this is a bad example because he's also got a gazillion producing credits. But if Steven Spielberg, arguably the greatest filmmaker of our time, um, yeah, he's got 175 producer credits. But if you took all of those producer credits away and just looked at what he's directed, well, he's directed the most incredible stuff. But that doesn't necessarily mean he would be good in this role. He knows how to direct, which means he understands how to get a performance out of actors. And it means he understands how to get the the story of a film to seem coherent in the edit. And he knows how to tell a story. It doesn't mean he knows how to produce. It doesn't mean he knows how to run a business, right? Because a film, while you're on the set, a film is a business, mm-hmm. right? It's like a little mini company of its own, basically. And the director is not the the one that's making the business run smoothly right he's the one he's he's like the manager he's the manager that's in there and he's he's kind of getting people to like oh yeah okay you know this is this is how to get the best performance out of my my employees this is how to stock the the end the end aisle of the shelves so that it looks the most consuming to customers um, but it's the producers and the executive producers that are there making sure that the 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 marketing and the PR and the all of these things that are essential not only to that film, but it essential to a film universe like Star Wars, like like Marvel. That's those are the producers, man. Yeah. It's the producing credits. Well maybe um maybe I'm harsher on on her Maybe I'm not able to um, remove my bias based on. But you're a little butt hurt about some of the Star, Star Wars, Wars you've gotten. Yeah. yeah. Well, she's <laughs> she's in my opinion, she's butchered the lore. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I would agree in in a lot of ways. So. Anyways, that's look. That's the news, man. That's the news. Yeah. Three three topics, regular length episode. Bite, of, bite size episode. Kind of yeah, just a little like the, those two bite brownies. Oh God. Now I want a two bite brownie. Actually, do you know what I do? You know what I really want? A nice bottle of eggnog. Mm. Nice bottle yep. of eggnog. I'll get that to you. Yeah, this is uh, today's Wednesday. I'm in town on Friday. Oh, really? Just saying. Just saying. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Um, make sure you check out our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Patreon down below uh that's the patreon one is how we get the get the bills paid keep the lights on buy the eggnog for when when bets go not in our direction <laughs> um but Ooh. uh but more importantly our facebook instagram twitter that's that's how you connect with us you know if you feel like supporting the show then that's fantastic and we appreciate it but we'd rather just hear from you right we'd rather have you involved in our votes um, keeping up to date when new episodes come out, which is like every three or four days now. Um, and yeah, it's it's been an honor to have you here. It's been more of an honor for us to have you here than it's been an honor for you to have us sitting here and yapping at you for an hour. <sighs> well, if they've listened you know. this long, then 
There's some. Yep. There's some. There's something there. <laughs> something. Something like in a good way, or there's something wrong with them. I'll leave that up to the viewer discretion. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.